was walking upstairs to uh, to record this, and I looked down, and I saw a couple little turds on the ground. And I turn around, and I look at Jackson, and he looks at me, and then his eyes start shifting everywhere. Like, I didn't do that. <laughs> but he likes to eat my hair, so sometimes he gets butt hair poos yeah. that stick to his butt, because the hair didn't come out all the way. But the poo is stuck in the hair. And that's the intro. Yep. (laughs) Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. This is episode 55 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Roya. And I'm Casey. For this Patreon-inspired episode, we'll be discussing the cult known as the Order of the Solar Temple and the tragic events that took place in the 1990s. So, Casey, you are covering the origins of to the beginning of the fallout. Yes. And we kind of talked about, you were like, do you talk about this? And I was like, uh, I don't know yet. But um, if there's a crossover, I figure we can kind of just chat about it. So just let me know if. I start to cover something you've covered. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I uh, did not know anything about this cult until we started doing this. I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know, like, any deets. Yeah, and I had watched, like, one true crime, occult crimes, whatever, on Netflix. So I've only seen, like, one episode of anything for it. There were definitely uh, call your dad, you're in a cult moments as I was reading this. (laughs) <laughs> or as I was writing this, rather, been reading about this. Um, and I kind of, when I started reading about where the... When I started reading about where the, like, origins came from, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be so fucking boring. I was wrong. So the Order of the Solar Temple is an esoteric movement, new religious order. I'm going to let the cat out. Hold on, please. The Order of the Solar Temple is an esoteric movement and new religious order. There are several, uh, several, many offshoots of the Solar Temple, uh, like dot, 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 Solar Temple. There's several of them. Um, they have ties with neo-Nazis, the Antichrist, and Grace Kelly. Uh, so these groups claim that their rituals and ideals stem from the Knights Templar of the Crusades. So I'm going to start with a little discussion on that because... Well, otherwise I'd have five minutes of content, so deal with it. So, the Knights Templar were established in 1119 after the First Crusades. Uh, Crusade states were divided between local rulers and European nobility, but were left unprotected when the invading Christians left after the we won the war sort of thing. They took their toys and went home. This is where I like to imagine it like Forrest Gump when he stops running. Like the Christians just went, I'm tired. I think I'll go home now. (laughs) And then they all left. That's kind of how I imagined it. Uh, So the Muslim fighters were inching back onto the battlefield, essentially, and would slaughter Christians making their pilgrimages by the score, like hundreds at a time. Uh They were just trying to get to Jerusalem because Holy Land, because Christians. So a group of nine Catholic dude bros got together and decided they would protect these traveling pilgrims. King Baldwin uh, of Jerusalem offered quarters to these murder monks in the Temple of Solomon. So they called themselves the Order of Solomon's Temple, known as the Templar Knights. 
Their whole goal was to protect these pilgrims, but they were also involved in the following crusades, especially as shock shock troops. And these dudes were pretty badass. So they uh, are known for wearing the white surcoat and mantle with the uber-recognizable red Templar cross, which is continued to be worn by modern Solar Temple members today. In their earliest days, the Knights lived impoverished life with financial or few financial resources. Their flag depicted two dudes, one horse, an emphasis of their poverty and sacrifice, like two dudes riding one horse. Mm-hmm. We, we can only afford one horse. And they followed a strict moral <laughs> Two code. dudes, one horse. Two dudes, one that's, horse. That's a vi- internet video I have not heard of yet. God, <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> so their strict moral code include that they serve a god. What well, served, I guess. They don't exist anymore. They served God, not a monarchy. And knights up until this point were members of the aristocracy. So they were like members of the fighting caste and they would own lands. They were meant to pass down lands and legacy and have families. But these Catherine, Catherine knights, not Catherine Knight. That's a whole different story. These Catholic knights. Wow, I can tell Roy is tired because she didn't even laugh at my cannibal joke that I accidentally just made. She just ignored me completely. I think she was looking at her phone. She was like, fuck you. This history is boring. No, I'm just so (laughs) accustomed to you making jokes about cannibals that it didn't even faze me. So these Catholic knights, they not only took vows of poverty and like gave all of their fucking money to the church when they joined, but they took vows of chastity as well. I did read in one source that married men could join the knights, but they were not allowed to dress in the white mantle and surcoat. Uh, Candidates were closely vetted and continued to be monitored after initiation, which you'll see follows into the modern era. The knights were not allowed to wear fancy armor. They were not allowed to have pointy shoes and they were not allowed to kiss the mama. Chastity. Can't even kiss your mama. Wow. Uh, They also had to show complete obedience to the knight in charge called the Grand Master. Uh, One of the founding knights was actually the nephew of a saint. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who was sainted in 1174, went to bat for his nephew and sought recognition for the order by the church at the Council of Troyes in 1129, so pre-sainthood. Leading members of the church endorsed the order, and it was given sovereignty by the church, so they didn't have to answer to kings and governments, only the pope. They didn't pay taxes, and they had free access to crossing borders. The blessing from the church meant that people started to donate. Knights were still impoverished on an individual level. Um, so these guys weren't going out and buying Air Jordans or anything. Uh, but the order was beginning to grow and quickly. At its peak, the Knights Templar had somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 members. And now only 10% of these members were actually seeing any combat. Uh, all that money that was pouring in, 80 to 90% of the members were bankers and businessmen handling massive amounts of money that were moving through the order. The order was so wealthy that they were dealing out lines of credits to kings. Uh, They purchased uh, and managed farms and vineyards, and they were actually regarded as one of the first multinational corporations. So in 1187, Jerusalem was retaken by Islamic fighters, and things kind of started to go downhill for the Templars from here. They moved back to Paris. By the 1300s, the Christians had completely lost the Holy Land. Meanwhile, King Philip of France was like, shit, 
I owe these Templars all this money from my war with England. Or, merde, je dois tout cet argent aux Templiers à cause de ma gueule avec l'Angleterre. You can just never leave the opportunity to speak French alone. Nine. Nicked cool. <laughs> so Phil decided to seize upon the growing distrust and distaste for the inconsequence. Well, see, I have to speak French because I clearly can't speak English. <laughs> for the incomprehensibly wealthy knights. Uh, by now, these dudes were super swagged. They did have their Air Jordans. They had the best war horses, the best armor. It was fucking crazy. And the king was like, so, yeah, these guys are heretics, right? And the other dudes on the big chairs were like, uh, yes. And so the king began pressing the church to oust the order and take action against them so that he wouldn't have to pay them back. So the pope, Clement V, relented to this pressure and put out the order that all Templar knights were to be arrested and have their assets and lands seized for the church. Uh, where was I? Um, oh, yeah, their assets seized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so this they, is where the Templars suck, but that's a whole yeah. big swath of history, so doesn't help a lot. So this is where it essentially becomes a witch hunt. And like, that's not something you think when you think the dudes who were in the Crusades being literally witch hunted. Uh, Oh yeah, that's definitely what I think of when I think of the dudes in the Crusades. (laughs) They were arrested, accused of sodomy, blasphemy, black magic, and heresy. I mean, there was probably some sodomy happening. There's probably some sodomy. It was claimed that during initiations, I think you're going to love this. Oh, boy. The knights had to deny Christ, spit on the cross, place three obscene kisses on the lower spine, navel, and mouth of the other members, and that they indulged in carnal desires with other members of the order, that they wore a small belt that had been consecrated by touching an idol that looked like a strange head with a long beard. <laughs> they were also tortured until they confessed to weird shit like worshipping idols of a head with three faces or cats like the Cathars or Cathars or having some other kind of heretical belief, which was, of course, later recanted because it was coerced under the torture, uh, but yeah, they, ended up they, with the confessor being burned alive anyway. They they bathoried them. We're just like, oh, you. we owe you a bunch of money that we don't really want to pay back. So let's convict yeah, you of could... a terrible crime. So, of course, no idols were ever produced. Uh, and in 1312, the order was officially absolved by the Pope. He also, the Pope, the Pope, man, holy shit. He made his oh. own task force. And the Templars were like, oh, good. Fuck, the church is going to help me. They're going to give me oh. safety from this king because nope. we serve the church. So men went to the church and spoke of this torture and these false confessions. Instead of being offered help, they were accused by their own church of heresy because of course they were. The king's inquisitored, inquisitored? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, the king's inquisitors tortured 138 Templars to coerce confessions. And this included uh, tor- torture methods such as starvation, sleep deprivation, uh, relentless questioning, the strapado, which I'm not, if you're not familiar, pulled the victim's tethered arms behind him until his shoulders dislocated. Ooh. 
They also used something called fire torture, which involved fastening the legs to an iron frame. To wee-woo, wee-woo. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) wee-woo. They covered the soles of the victim's feet in grease, like lard or butter, and then placed them in front of a fire where a screen would be drawn back and forth, moderating the heat. And so I'm just reading this and sitting there imagining the sound of bacon in a pan, except it's your feet. So yeah, ouch. My brain went to a not as bad but equally bizarre place. Okay. Uh, in Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> when all of the Muppets go to the cafe and Rizzo and all the rats are in the kitchen, they get assigned to work in the kitchen finally. Yeah. And then one of them, like, ties pats of butter to their feet and is greasing the griddle. <laughs> That's where my brain went. We're the same sort of different kind of fucked up. <laughs> At least 54 members of the order were executed by burning at the stake. And even bones of Templars that had served in battle were dug up and burnt just to make a point. Just to be like, and fuck you in particular. That sucks. Oh, one, one badass. Okay, his name was Grandmaster Jacques de Molot. Molay, rather. Sorry. Uh, He confessed by means of tortures uh, for being a heretic. Of course, free of torture, he recanted, uh, but he was still sentenced to being burned at the stake. At his execution, this 65, 75-year-old dude, because first of all, holy fuck that dude was old for the time, but he requested to be tied so that his his face was towards the Notre Dame Cathedral and that his hands were up in the position of prayer. And according to legend, his last words were, God knows who is wrong and who is sinned. Soon, a calamity will occur to those who have condemned us to death. And, like, he's he's said to have shouted this from fire, from the fire, like, being burned alive. Yeah. The Pope Sick. died a month later. Yeah, fuck And King Pope. Philip had a stroke and was dead before the year was out. Yeah, fuck that king, too. He was like, I'm gonna fucking see you up there, and you're getting fucked by God. Whoa. With a sandpaper dick in the butt. That's basically what he said. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what that quote That's definitely like what the Templar said. Yeah, it's ex- it's a direct quote. <laughs> Damn. Uh, it was speculated that the Templars went into hiding to dis- and disguised themselves as stonemasons, and thus we get to the Masons and how these Knights Templar became a sort of focus for secret societies, which will be important later. Is... Fucked in the ass by a sandpaper dick dash god too explicit to put on a sticker. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nope. I TM. That's happening. (laughs) So I'm going to start talking about uh, one of the founders, Joseph, Joseph de Mombro. He was born in France in 1924 and was said to have been somewhat odd uh, with an interest in the paranormal and the occult. He decided to skip the old college thing and he became a jewelry maker and a clockmaker. In January of 1956, he joined the American Rosicrucian Group. I have a really hard time with that word and I say it several times, so I'm so fucking sorry. Uh, He joined the American Rosicrucian Group. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's okay. 
the American roasted Kirschit. Roast. Say it how you want to say it, and then we'll just. That's what we'll. He call joined it. the American Rosicrucian group, the ancient and mystical order of the Rosicrucius. Later, he became the head of the lodge in Nimes, France. Uh, he remained a Rosicrucian uh, until 1969, where he gave up nice. clock and jewelry making. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, and he became a full-time lecturer for the New Age movement in 1970. In 73, he founded the Center for the Preparation of the New Age in Annemuse, France. In 76, he established the commune in Geneva, Switzerland, called La Pyramide. In 78, he changed the name of La Pyramide to The Golden Way. During this time, he joined something called, uh, I hate saying it, the Great White Brotherhood. Which was like a racist heaven's gate, but with spirits instead of aliens. Hmm. I mean, so basically, they believe that there were quote root races that were that the new race was evolving out of, and that new race would leave behind the less evolved inferior race to naturally decline. Now, I didn't see anything specifically in the small amount of research I did that was like it's black people. Because it seems like this new race is just people who are smarter and more advanced and touched by the spirits. So it could be racist against white people, too. Not like, you know, there's not really racist against white people, but like these people thought they were a whole different race of people above yeah, the it's human more race. Almost like, as opposed to. It's more almost like classist. Like sort of, yeah. The smart, it's the wealthy, the, the educated. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I was reading somebody's uh, what looked like a thesis paper or something on the racism part of it. But I went, this isn't the cult I'm talking about. I'm going to read this <laughs> later. So you can find information on it, but not here. Not on the Strange and Unusual podcast. Not on this episode. Meanwhile, the supernatural beings uh, would share their knowledge with the select evolved beings who would later become the, quote, ascended master. So, like I said, Heaven's Gate for racists. Joseph was said to be the backbone of what would become the Order of the Solar Temple, which leads us to the face and second co-founder of the group, Luc Jure. Mm -hmm. He was born in the Belgian Congo in 1947. He studied medicine at the University of Brussels, but he decided he didn't want to be a conventional doctor. And after a stint as a paratrooper in the Belgian army, he found a practice for homeopathic medicine. In, 19, in, in 1970s, in the 1970s, <laughs> in the 1970s, he, con he co-founded the, uh, oh, the Parti Communautaire Européenne with a leading member of a Belgian neo-Nazi group, Jean Thiart, which uh, had a similar platform to the National Bolshevik Movement. Catch me in the Lenin episode next week for the <laughs> Bolshevik Movement. By the 80s, this charismatic handsome young man had become quite popular and started speaking publicly about homeopathic medicine and new age practices. This is when he was invited to Geneva to speak for the golden way. He became fast friends with DeMombro when he was there. Um, and so he joined up and uh, he joined with another neo-Nazi Julian uh, Aragas and Aragas had been a Gestapo agent and he was a right wing French activist who led the renewed order of the temple. This group was said to have combined Templar and Rosicrucian beliefs with neo-Nazism. Yay! Hooray. 
1983, Julian died, and so Luke took over this new brotherhood, or uh, new order, whatever. You know, I don't like new order business. It just sounds wrong. <laughs> so some of the members of this group were not super stoked about this, and Luke ended up leaving the group, but he was able to take some of those members with him. And in 84, DeMombro and Jarey came together and decided to create their own group based in a combination of their beliefs, and they called it the International Chivalric Organization of the Solar Tradition, which later became known as just the Order of the Solar Temple. They got a lot of their know-how from former groups they belonged to, as well as Jacques Breyer's Sovereign Order of the Solar Temple, which was founded in 1952, but they also were said to have taken from places like the Order of the Temple of the East, which Aleister Crowley had belonged to. So again, yay! And they also were said to have taken from the Freemasons, uh, which brings us back around to the Knights hiding in the Masons. Uh, and the Freemasons had claimed that a lot of their fancy rituals came from the old Order of the Templars because that's where they hid when they were seeking refuge from persecution. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that there were several dot 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 solar temple type groups. Um, there were said to be over 200 of these types of groups by the 1980s. In 2020, there were over a thousand. From groups with interests in the occult to BDSM, medieval sex clubs based on the Knights Templar, <laughs> LARPers, Templar dinner clubs, you can find basically anything dot 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 the solar temple. <laughs> so anyway, unlike the Masons, DeMombro and Jarey did allow women into their group. They Jim Jones did. Not spoiler alert. That's where I'm going with this. Mm, Around this time in my research, I'm starting to see a lot of similarities also to their more recent cult, Nexium. And I was listening to this podcast called We Saw the Devil, and they said it too. And I was like, I feel validated. <laughs> I guess I don't know anything about Nexium. I'll have to look into it. Oh man, there's a there's a documentary right now on Hulu. That's like oh, cults is that and the, extreme... the sex cult thing? Or is that cults of else? extreme religion? And this girl um, ended up with his initials branded onto her. Oh, I it think... was so bad. And he got arrested for sex trafficking. Yeah. I think Elise might have watched that. I didn't, though. So uh, it's very MLM style situation. Like, would you like to host a party sort of stuff? You go to the seminar, you pay the big money. So in the style of the Order of the Solar Temple, they groomed their converts and gave them structure. Step one was the Amenta Club. And this was the initial lecture type situation. Come to our seminar. You know, in, in Nixium, in Nixium they, they were like, pay $2,000 to come to this seminar. Whereas I feel like they didn't say anything about charging people right off the bat for the Amenta Club, but it was a way to get in all their converts. So they would bring them in and be like, hey, come check out my stuff. Take my seminar if you're interested. I think you'd be a really great fit in step two, the Arcadia Club. And this was meant to make the new converts feel like they were getting more knowledge and more preparation for the ascension. And this uh, this step also included a ritualistic initiation. Mostly this tier was for members of their previous groups or former patients of Luc Jarret when he was a doctor or those who had leveled out of the Amenta Club. This is where the founders made their contacts for financial and business ventures. There was one thing I read about how a bunch of people opened this health food store, and like it was really super fucking successful, and so all the money went back to the group. 
So that sort of thing happened here. Uh, if you are familiar with Nexium, this next step is very, very familiar to the DOS section of Nexium, uh, which is the International Knighthood Association. There was a whole second ritual in- initiation. These were the most devoted, allowed special access to the founder's published work. And like in Nexium, in order to join this group, you had to accept that you would se- receive severe punishment, including physical fu- punishment. You had to contribute a butt fuck ton of money and you had to accept that Demombro and jure were the grand masters of the order and were not to be questioned no thanks yeah we should do an ex- episode on nexium sometime that, that <laughs> the thing that really fucks with me about nexium is that it's so recent yeah and like you i always think of cults as like things that happened in the 80s or like like the 90s you know i feel like that's oh those things happened 30 years ago and people were idiots not some girl got out and had a fucking brand put on her of the founder's initials. Like, ugh, it just oh, it skeeved me out. Anyway, uh, in 1986, in an effort to try to get into that sweet, sweet U.S. cult circuit, the guys decided <laughs> to set up shop in Quebec uh, to establish the new OSTHQ in North America. Now, there was like a whole thing about why they were moving the HQ and they were like, oh, it'll be the safest place to prepare for the apocalypse. But really, I think that they realized that like all of the media and all of the Hollywood shit was coming out of America and they wanted to be closer to have that sort of influence on the world. Mm -hmm. The men pushed that they were heirs to the order of the original Knights Templar and members believed that the founders were reincarnated knights from the Crusades. Jure was obsessed with sex, and similar to Jim Jones, would have sex with the female members of the group even though he was married. He claimed that he needed to do this before each ritual in order to, quote, strengthen his spirit for the ceremony. If the men took a specific liking to a woman, they would manipulate her and attempt to isolate her from her husband or boyfriend by telling her the relationship was not cosmically compatible. Gross. Ex-members would come forward in the 90s and say they felt like they were forced into it despite not wanting to. Demombro made all sorts of wild claims like he was Moses incarnate or he was like a reincarnated Egyptian pharaoh or some shit. Uh, He also said that he was the receiver and transmitter of the divine messages from the Masters of Zurich, which he would share their information with only the most worthy people. Uh, he would make wild claims, like, life is an illusion, and it continues, or, I'm sorry, death is an illusion, and life continues on another planet. A planet that orbits the star Sirius. And members would leave the world through fire, with a ritual that would be performed before the end of the 90s, because the apocalypse was coming with Y2K. And the world would suffer an environmental catastrophe before being consumed in flame. He also claimed that his daughter, Emmanuel, was a cosmic being. And she was a virgin conception, conceived after Joseph pointed a sword at his wife's throat. And she had the power to rebuild the temple and prevent the apocalypse. She was the one who was going to safely lead the Chosen to their new planet. He would also choose mates for people, telling them, they would have special children that would aid Emmanuel in her task. 
And Demombro was less attractive and charismatic than Jurey, and because of this, he liked to put on special stage tricks and theatrics, sounds and apparitions, etc., which were, of course, all fake. And I believe this is the point where I lead into what Roy is about to talk about, because he had help, and that dude had enough. <laughs> yeah, so... W- was that a good you... segue? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, ended oh, yeah, a, little a little before... Bit. A little before I thought you were going to. Oh, okay. But I I tried not to get into the... uh, I do have more notes written, though, on a notebook. So they... Yeah, this was kind of the beginning of the end for the cult because they were... People were starting to figure out that these were fake, that money was getting laundered, things were... Commitments were falling through, promises were left unkept... And so slowly the cult sort of started waning in membership as well. Um, yeah, and I know in, I think it was 93 that they got caught trying to purchase firearms. And so a lot of the bigwigs were like, oh, okay, we're not going to give you our $92 million anymore. Yeah, because the one of the most important things, and it's something that I think a lot of, there seems to be a similarity in cults that they follow in one of two ways. They are either full of completely poor, disenfranchised people or the ultra-rich and well-educated. Yep. And there's very infrequently the in-between. Like, you you normally don't hear... I think Jim Jones is kind of one of the exceptions where he got a lot of, like, kind of blue-collar, you know, middle-class people involved. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be that like your cult is either full of like the Manson family people of just like homeless youths or it's full of the upper crust, the doctors, the lawyers, the mayors, you know, different things like that. And I think Heaven's Gate was a little middle class. I think it took from both sides of it. Yeah, but it was, you know, it, it seems to always be like that those two groups of people yeah like the that's who are targeted yeah and it's kind of surprising to me because you would think that like well-educated like politicians lawyers doctors these kinds of people wouldn't fall so susceptible but i guess it's an imagery of power well yeah and i i mentioned that there were ties to grace kelly um that's kind of like a conspiracy theory i didn't find anything that like uh evident like but was like super what's the word i'm trying to think of there was nothing solid that linked her, but they were saying that she donated somewhere between 10 and $20 million of her own money to being a part of this group. And the reason I'm questioning it is because this this offshoot of the um, Solar Temple wasn't really starting to hit it off until 84, and she died in 82. But it's claimed that she gave DeMombro, like, like I said, 10 to $20 million. Wow. So. Um. Yeah, so grain of salt there. <laughs> there She's were a, a fucking of, princess. There were a couple of people who seemed the uh, seemed like they were going to start blowing whistles, um, and that they were going to start kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit more. Um, and one of the big ones is um, Demombro's own son Ellie, um, who was trying to leave the cult and was either stopped from doing so or 
couldn't complete it before everything kind of fell apart. Um, but they were completely aware of the fabrications and things that the rest of the cult members thought were real that were happening. And they were um, getting close to just pulling the curtain back and letting everyone see what the wizard was. Um, and then another person or couple that were also in a similar boat were Antonio and Nikki DeToyet. Um, so DeMombro had declared that the end of days was now much closer than they thought that it was, and that the ecological disaster that was supposed to happen at Y2K was now imminent. It was time for them to leave Earth and go to the planet orbiting, orbiting Sirius. And of course, no need for your meat suit in space. So the leaders of the Doomsday in the Doomsday Cult enacted their final steps. Suicide. But all of this was kind of triggered from a fairly strange and innocuous decision, which was Antonio and Nikki DeToyet, uh, members of the Order, decided to commit the ultimate sin. They had a child, and they named him Emmanuel. That's it, folks. That's the reason this happened. They liked so, the name Emmanuel, and so and it they wasn't named even their his child first Emmanuel. Name. It was his no, it's Christopher Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> Now I had read. I also read that it was because Nikki was also uh, the governess for the 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 cosmic being of Emmanuel, and uh-huh. she just loved the name so much, and she loved Emmanuel so much that she was like, "I'm going to name my child the boy version of this name." Yeah, and they were just like, "Yeah, this like, is going to no. be." Yeah, they you the, can't do that. That's my kid's name. Antonio and Nikki were trying to do it as like a an honor. Like yeah. a, you know, naming your son Jesus, yes. like, and that it's supposed to be like almost a immemorial too, or like, mm-hmm. like how you are married, you know, how you're named after your grandmother or your father or your aunt or whoever. Or um, like saint names. Yeah. And so this caused the fall of the order to start because they believe, well, Damambro made them believe that the end times would be precipitated by the birth of the god child, which was his child. Also, it wasn't fair that Antonio and Nikki would consider naming their son that when Demombro had already named his child that, and his child was going to be the god babe. Yep. Which went only one thing. Antonio and Nikki's Emmanuel, he was a false god. He was the Antichrist baby. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where the you- good omens guys come in. So what do you do when you're a totally well-adjusted, stable cult leader who sees a child they think is the Antichrist? Did you guess kill that baby and their family by stabbing them to death with a wooden stake? If you did, you win the award for being as <laughs> fucked up as this cult leader. <laughs> because that's actually what happened on September 30th, 1994 in Morin Heights, Quebec, Canada. The weirdest now, part about this for me is that Detroit or you know, Toya or whatever. He was the one who set up all this dude's like fancy theater tricks. Yeah, he was the it, technician. It was like, why would you he why would you much. piss that guy off? Because then he's gonna go and tell people that you were faking you like you could have avoided this whole situation. But he's not just be nice to that guy. He's not thinking straight. His well, god baby. Well, tisk tisk. <laughs> so um, the crime was not directly committed by De- DeMambro, 
but uh, two members of the Order of the Solar Temple were found in a home nearby. The what? How do you say the Detroit? Detroit. Detroit. Okay. Uh, where like, the Detroit like family, like Chris Benoit, who killed all his family and everything. He was the wrestler. Yeah, that's a sad story. Yeah. Um. Uh. Where near where the Detroit family lived after the home was set ablaze on October fourth. So two members of OST were found nearby where the Detroit family lived, only found due to the fact that their house was set ablaze on October fourth. These bodies were identified as Colette Rashad and Jerry Janode. Um, during the fire investigation, though, the murdered remains of the Dutois family were found stashed in one of the closets of the burned-up building that Colette and Jerry had been in. Colette and Jerry, however, were not the perpetrators of the attack, but instead were either also killed or completed suicide while the murderers of the Dutois family fled back to Switzerland. Now, this is all happening in very rapid succession. So, October 30th is when the family was actually murdered. October 4th is when they were found and when Colette and Jerry were found dead. Wait, what date? October 4th. What date were they killed? The 30th of September. Okay. So, they were just like in the, in Colette and Jerry's closet for like four days. Yeah. Okay. Stinky. Um... So, on October 5th, 1994, several cassette tapes and pages of the texts of their belief system were sent out from a post office in Geneva to French members of the Order of the Solar Temple in order to make them aware of what was about to happen and to encourage them to join in future events. There's also evidence that some of this information was sent to, um, like, local newspapers and reporters and things like that as well, trying to um, get some more eyes on this before it happened. But the worst was yet to come when on that same day, so October 5th, in a small village in Switzerland named Cherie, firefighters were called to a raging fire at a farmhouse. Inside the farmhouse were 23 bodies, all in ceremonial-looking robes, and most had been shot in the head. Among the dead were um, the mayor Richelieu of the mayor of Richelieu, Quebec, um, Robert Ostegai, and his wife Francoise. Francoise. I always thought Francois was a male's name, but I don't know how to say the female version. Um, Le Journal de Quebec reporter Joshua. Joshua. <laughs> Jocelyn Grand Mason and Falradu, a civil servant. Um, so again, like a mayor of Quebec, a city in Quebec is there. His wife, a well-known reporter from Quebec. Um, the surrounding investigation found documents that helped them sort of piece together the events to a certain extent. Uh, the victims um, that were found in the farmhouse in Sherry had been called to a meeting on October 2nd and were probably dead before October 3rd, and most of them had ingested some amount of a sedative. The autopsies found a total of 65 bullets in the victims' bodies. 23 people, 65 bullets. Yep. Um, shortly after, and when I say shortly, I mean like less than an hour later, 78 miles or 125 kilometers away, there were two more giant fires. In total, between the burning, the two burning homes, 25 more bodies were found. Um, among the dead were Jurette and Demombro. 
Um, also to Mamro's own child who had been trying to leave the cult, like I mentioned before, um, and either had been stopped from doing so or didn't have enough time to actually complete getting out of there before it was too late. Um, and so what I was reading is that basically the Demombro hosted a like last supper with himself in the himself in the position of Christ because of course mm-hmm. with all of the um most central people to the order there that those 25 people were like the inner circle of the organization and that he had them around him like Christ and his apostles and that they had a last meal ingested poison and were either dead as a result of the poison or were shot. Um, Some of them I've read were suffocated as well with bags over their head. Um, It's also fair to say that it is kind of impossible to know who actually completed suicide and who, if any, were straight up murdered um, during these transits to a new planet because the damages caused by the fire and the fact that most of the people were shot in the head, which could have been self-inflicted or murder. Um, But there is reason to believe from a lot of the texts that I was reading that um, this was not a situation where you could say, no, I changed my mind. I want out. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was very Jim Jones. Mm -hmm. You were here. If you were here when all of this was going down, you were going to die. It was just, were you going to kill yourself or were you going to get murdered? Um, Because they saw anyone who was trying to defect at the time of this as basically someone who would just pave the way to getting to this planet orbiting Sirius, but also as someone that could be like punished and held as a prisoner once they got there. Mm -hmm. So they were fully anticipating... Like, making a, I don't know, a statement with these people uh, once they get to their new destination. Um, and then, that's not all. <laughs> in, De- in December of 1995, another sect of the Order of the Solar Temple in France went into a clearing in the Vercos uh, mountain range and were immolated. Uh, 16 people in total, 13 adults, and 3 children. 14 of the 16 victims had ingested sedatives and were then shot twice. The remaining two people who had been assigned the terrible job of killing the 14 other people um, were then sprayed sprayed the dead people's bodies with accelerant to burn them, then sprayed themselves with accelerant, set everything on fire, and then shot themselves in the head. I don't know what level of short stick you have to draw yeah (laughs) but man they were either really dedicated to their cause or very unfortunate (laughs) in the positions that they held yep um small pockets of people and families are also believed to have followed the same methods for their own passage and on March 22nd, 1997, in St. Cashmere, Quebec, five more people completed suicide. Um, police discovered a letter outlining their desire to ensure a path to the new world. Um, in total, the total deaths of the members of the Order of the Solar Temple is considered to be 74. Were the ones in um, huh? uh, 
those ones in 97, were they the ones that had the teenagers that survived because they were like, we don't want to die. And then convinced that's their what family I thought, not to kill them. And I tried to, because that's what I thought I had heard. And I tried to find that story and I could not find that story anywhere for the life of me. Because that's thought on the, the, the occult crimes documentary. Yeah. They were like in a house and the parents kept setting or were like setting traps uh, to set the house on fire. Mm-hmm. Setting and... up the device and the vi- device kept not working and the kid would wake up and be like, wow, I feel sick because of the propane. I'm turning this off. Yeah. <laughs> and just kept like turning the the trap off and then, yeah, survived. I kept trying to find information on that. I went to so many websites looking for that story and couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, wow. So I don't know if I just wasn't looking in the right places. I mean, I was finding like things that seemed like actually like really in-depth like analysis of the cult and things like that. Like that seemed like, I mean, had bibliographies attached to them. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything about that story. So I'm not saying that it didn't happen or anything like they that. They put it I on just... TV, Roya. It had to have happened. Well, I just didn't see anything <laughs> about it. Because I remember that being such a like poignant part. And I was like, the more I was looking into this, the more I was like, I remember this thing happening in the documentary I watched. Why can't I find anything about it? Because And then I was like, am I thinking about a different I read cult? it on one like... thing. I can remember specifically reading the words about it, but the documentary was a lot more because the 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 thing I read was talking about how the police didn't charge the kids for aiding in the suicide. Yeah. Suicide. Even though they did aid in the suicide. Yeah. So I don't know. I do remember reading something about it somewhere, but I can't couldn't tell you where it was. And then I remember seeing it on the occult crimes episode. Yeah. And like like I said, I was like four or five pages deep into Google and couldn't find it. Which now I have a question because I don't remember reading about Emmanuel. Was she with Demombro when he was dead? Yeah. Okay. I know you said the the other I kid think, was. Oh yeah. Emmanuel I don't know would, about. I don't know about. She would Emmanuel. have only been like twelve years old. Yeah. Ellie or Eli was the one that I read about. Now I have to look it, it up. And he was the one that was trying to. Um, pull the curtain back to yeah and to leave yeah and there's still like hundreds of people who belong to the order of the solar temple like it is still an active cult uh so if you're out there and you're listening to our podcast for some reason like please don't put the suicide hotline in the in the show notes like is there even a planet orbiting serious (laughs) that's a great question that's next on my list of things to look up on my phone while i'm sitting here (laughs) We were not prepared. Uh, Police also revealed that among the dead were Joel Eager. He was one of the ones that killed, what's her name? The baby, the Antichrist. Dominique Bellaton and the Dutois assassins. Oh, the Dutois assassins. So yes, uh, Joel Eager and Dominique Bellaton. And Demombro's 12-year-old daughter, Emmanuel. So yes, she did die in that suicide. That's sad. Um... So, let's see. Sirius B was discovered 150 years ago as it orbits around. It makes Sirius A wobble noticeably. No planets here. But there is some dust around the white dwarf that could be leftover debris from a planet or asteroid collisions. Fun. So there could have been a planet there way before 
any of we this. would know that Sirius existed. <laughs> so there is no planet orbiting Sirius. Please don't self-immolate to go there because there's not anything there. At least Hailbop is a real comet. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> you do the outro. Oh, I thought you had more because I interrupted no, you in the middle of something. No, that was all I had. Okay, sorry if it was a. Uh... No, I just, I interrupted you right at the end to ask about Emmanuel as you were talking about the last thing, and I didn't know if you had more to say. Nope. Cool. Well, hey. What a fantastic day. <laughs> we should have wee-wooed way before we did in the episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll t- try to remember to take that and put it at the beginning, but we should have wee-wooed way earlier in the episode. <laughs> That'll just be the title. <laughs> that or Grace Kelly was in a cult. Um, I was gonna go with uh, two guys, one horse. The order <laughs> two guys, one horse. <laughs> Fucked in the butt with a sandpaper dick. By God, <laughs> that one might be a little too explicit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I try not to make the titles explicit. Thanks for joining us today as we took our first look at killer cults. Next week we'll be back on the globe trot, heading back to Russia, where I'm sure you'll all be horrified. We hope that you'll reach out to us with your own experiences. We want to hear your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a story, we ask that you put listener story in the subject line so we can sort through them a little more easily. Have you, you can... ever been a member of a cult? I need to oh, know. Oh, yeah, please. Let, I mean, I want your cult even... stories. Yeah, if you've been involved in Scientology, if you've been involved in any other cult activity. Oh, man, Jehovah's Witnesses, man. There's some crazy shit going on there, too. You got to watch that cult documentary, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'll I'll make some time to watch it soon. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or our personal accounts, Roy Rampage and Calamity Casey, where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. I know that thing you're talking about now. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roy Rampage. We're on Facebook. Just search for The Strange and Unusual Podcast. We're also both now streaming on Twitch. You can find us on uh, twitch.tv slash calamitycasey and twitch.tv slash royrampage. And if you'd like, you can join us over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash strangeunusual. We um, put out special episodes, polls. This was actually voted on by um, our members on Patreon, the um, which cult we would cover. So if you'd like some sway in um, what we do, even sometimes what I name episodes, um, that goes into our Discord. That is also available for members of the Patreon. But we understand right now times are kind of tough and hopefully getting better. We'll see. Um, But if you are currently unable to donate, we 100% get it. And if you can, though, we would appreciate it if you just like, shared, subscribed, uh sent a link to a friend to see if they might listen reviews things like that help out the podcast a lot oh do we have any new reviews no i already checked fact we'll read your review if it's five stars (laughs) even if it's mean on the podcast yeah i would love to read a mean five star review on yeah you just be like these bitches so dumb five stars (laughs) you not wrong we we literally had to look shit up at the end of this podcast because we were like, oh shit, we didn't look this up. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of elevator music in this episode. <laughs> what happened to the child? What happened to the cosmic child? Well, and then the, um, I just didn't even consider looking up if Sirius even had a planet orbiting. Had a planet? I didn't either. (laughs) Man. I was really glad yesterday I had to work and I was doing some more notes on this. Mostly I was just, I told, I've been doing my notes in a notebook because I do them when I'm at work. So mostly I was just typing my notes. But as I was typing things, I'd be like, oh, let me look that up real quick. Oh, let me do this real quick. Oh, let me look at this. I was really glad that the supervisor I was working with yesterday didn't go, hey, what you working on? Because I'd have to be like, cult shit. Getting fucked in the ass with a sandpaper dick by God. <laughs> <laughs> here's your here's your notice and your severance pay. Goodbye. <laughs> go, go home, seek more therapy. <laughs> Man, the religious people are going to hate us. Yeah, Hail Satan! They help. They hate everybody else. They hate us already. I know. They hate you. You're you're engaged to a lady, yeah. a trans lady. You double whammied on that. <laughs> and I'm a brown people. Yeah. Well, you're a white passing brown people. They probably wouldn't yeah. know unless you said something. That's the fun part is because I'm a white passing brown person. I can just like catch racist people being racist because they think I'm one of them. Yep. Love and then it. I'm like, ha ha. I did feel weird today. I uh, was watching my doll customizer lady as I was trying to fall asleep because her, her little accent and her just chill music and watching her paint her her fucking dolls puts me to sleep usually mm-hmm. in like a good way. Like she's just really comforting to me. But she was making Tiana from the Disney movie that Tiana is in. The Princess and the Frog? Yeah, that one. I, I've never seen it. but I uh, really, really like it. Really? Yeah. The lady was like, the, the lady, the one of the commenters was like, you did such a good job making African hair and all this other stuff. We really need more representation in uh, doll customizing. And I went, fuck yeah, I want more dolls of color. And I went, I'm a white lady. Am I allowed to say that? Dolls of color. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't know. I just feel like I'm white. I'm not yeah. allowed to say things. <laughs> because- you should always advocate for yeah but but then i'm like i don't want you to think i'm speaking for you you're agreeing with them you're elevating their comment i know but like i have to like super analyze myself now because i'm a white people and i don't want to be the wrong kind of white people (laughs) anyway uh don't join a cult that's or do we're not your mom but but don't or do but send us an email when you leave it yes please oh man what was the other one that was on that show the moonies you ever hear the Moonies? No. They're like from Pennsylvania, from like not far from where I lived. And like they were having weddings with AKs and shit. I'm not Mass weddings. And they all had their AKs. And then a bunch of white people joined because they were like, sweet AKs? <laughs> yeah, they were like, guns? We're in. We like guns. Son of a bitch, we're in. Yep. Oh, yeah, but they kept referring to the, uh, the biblical reference to the rod of iron. And then they would like hold up their gun. That just makes me think of Zardoz. Gun is good. Penis is bad. Okay, bye!